Blog Talk Radio. Pugilistic linguistics, check out the 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 pugilistic linguistics, check out What's going on, y'all? What's going on? Welcome to the Pugilistic Linguistic Show. I am your host, Michael Foster. Every time I hear that theme, I just kind of rock out. I almost forget it fades out after a while. So, uh, anyway. Welcome to another episode of the Pugilistic Linguistic Show. Uh, I am coming to you live and direct with some heat, y'all. Before I get started, as I say every time, go out to iTunes, keyword, or search term Pugilistic Linguistics to download all of the previous shows and this show. And I'm kind of coming a little impromptu lately just because I'm, I'm getting it in where I fit in. I like to establish a set time, but life is starting to get in the way. So as opposed to missing, I'm just getting where I can. But anyway, now that I got that out the way, welcome to the show. Today's episode will be entitled The Manufactured Crisis. Before I get there, as I start every week, let's go on a Tom Watch the latest escapades of your favorite president, the tiny orange man. And apparently he's over in Asia now. I think it's like a 12-day tour or something like that. And he's already embarrassed us in Japan, speaking about how Honda should manufacture more cars in America as opposed to just shipping them over. Forgetting the fact that Honda actually has three North American plants that they build their cars. And I say forgetting with the assumption that he knew that to start with. The reality of the situation is he probably didn't even know that. Yeah. And now, of course, as he's over in Asia, I believe he took a trip to South Korea, wanted to take a visit to the demilitarized zone, a place where, you know, North Koreans can't fly but couldn't do it because it was too foggy, and he got his panties in a bunch. And more rhetoric about North Korea. You know somebody's really doing something extraordinary when in comparison Kim Jong-il seems to be the one with the most sense. When a regime like North Korea says about your leader that that dude is unhinged, and you agree, strange times indeed. But again, he's going off with his normal bluster about what North North Korea needs to do, won't do, we won't be that, whatever the crap he speaks. And don't get me wrong, I am no, I am in no way saying that North Korea does not need to be dealt with or needs to be eventually dealt with. That's not what I'm saying. They are led by an unhinged dude. The issue is the fact that our dude is unhinged too. But yeah, North Korea will need to be dealt with somehow. But the thing about your president is that he really talks more than he probably should. 
which leads me as a as a kid who grew up in the hood, the city leads me to believe he's just that all talk. Here's what I mean. Now I grew up in the hood, and you know I'm no gangster, I'm no thug. That's not my calling. I grew up around him. Uh, I kind of picked up some principles and some some points from whatever, but I'm not a thug at all. Never have been. But what I do know is I know a real gangster, a real thug, a real whatever he's trying to be, moves in relative silence. A real gangster does not announce his moves before he makes them. Because if you do, you have now given your opponent a heads up as to your thinking which means they can mount a defense. You want to do that. A real, a real gangster, a real thug doesn't stand in front of the camera and say, look, I'm going to bring fire and brimstone upon your nation if you do woo-woo-woo-woo-woo. That ain't what a gangster, that ain't what a thug does. That's what somebody who wants to appear as one will do. If your president was as thuggish and as gangster as he thinks he is, what you do is you grab that dude by the arm and pull him to the side and say, look here, and part my English. But you pull him to the side and say, look here, don't make me fuck you up. Don't make me cave your head in. You say that so he hears it and no one else hears it. So he knows you're serious about it. Because nobody else knows what's going on. That's what real gangster looks like. We pull you to the side. Don't make, don't make me fuck you up. Up in here. Now, granted, in real practice, no president ain't going to put another president to the side. Do it. But, I mean, figuratively, a gangster president gives you this facade and then is working in the background. So nobody else can hear it. Don't make me fuck you up. That's why your president is full of bluster. That's why nobody's afraid of him. Do you realize if he starts a war with North Korea, it's 99% chance that he has no end game, meaning he goes to war impulse. He does not know what the end of the war will look like. He's got no end game. Can you see a man as impulsive as your president actually mapping this out in his head? Here's the strategy. Here's what we intend to do. No, he's going to start a war, try to drop a nuke on him and call it good. But again, that's your president. A real gangster moves in relative silence. So let's stay tuned and see what else this guy does in the name of America. That being said, let's get on to the topic of conversation for today, the manufactured crisis. Now, over the past, I don't know, couple years, I would say, we have gotten increasingly more reports talking about America's epidemic 
America's opioid epidemic. And I really believe it started more along the lines of the the painkiller, you know, the opioid painkillers, the Percocets and the hydrocodones or whatever, being abused by American populace, overprescribed, overused, whatever. You know, they call the uh, street-peddled hydrocodone hillbilly heroin. You know, they peddle that stuff like street drugs. So I think that's where the opioid crisis initially began. But now it's morphed to encompass heroin, the illicit drug, lumped into that opioid crisis. And now that is considered a part of America's new, you know, mandate to eliminate the scourge. And and nowadays that is the big thing. Heroin is is America's addiction. If heroin is this, heroin, okay, fine, whatever. We will begin to treat heroin addicts as sickness or heroin addiction as a sickness, and we will rehab or hospital or whatever the 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 users. And on its surface, that is a very noble thing. That's something that probably should have been done for forever, treating drug addiction as a sickness as opposed to a crime. But in the back of my head, I cannot free myself enough to celebrate that victory or, or, or that, that new thinking without saying, well, what about crack addicts? Wait a minute. Heroin is not, first of all, heroin is not a new issue. As a matter of fact, the Bear Company back in the 1920s, I want to say, marketed heroin like they marketed aspirin. Heroin has been around for almost 100 years as an illicit drug. What about cocaine? What about crack? Things that have ravaged neighborhoods. That is a scourge. That is a crisis. Why does heroin addiction get superstar status and crack addiction doesn't? It's no less a scourge. Now, anybody that knows me knows I know the answer. And it boils down to pretty much what everything else boils down to in this society. Color. I felt like iced tea when I said that. Colors. Crack is a black drug. Heroin is now a white drug. When Scourges escape from their cages. And what I mean by that is when a drug, when, when, when a crime, when violence, when whatever escapes the generally accepted boundaries in a place and start to infect and affect areas they were not intended to, they now need to be dealt with. 
when heroin was a inherently black, lower class, west side of Chicago problem, we need more police to arrest more people. When heroin began to escape that community and filter west into the Naperville's and the Oak Parks and the Burr Ridges, and now it's a sickness. When heroin escaped and began to affect middle-class white kids, it is now a national crisis. When crack was ravaging the inner city community, basically eliminated half of my generation in the 80s, it is a crime. When cocaine is has changing hands between businessmen, it's probation. But when that same amount is cooked up with baking soda and water and made into a rock, it is 25 years in prison. The reason why heroin and opium in general is a national crisis today is because white people are dying now. That is the reason why you can go to Walgreens and get the Norcam shot. I think it's called Norcam. Get, get the antidote shot without prescription. Why? So Becky, who overdoses at a rave party at her sorority sister's house in Bolingbrook can now run to the neighborhood Walgreens and get the antidote. But when Jerome ODs on crack on Laramie and Van Buren, he goes to Cook County Correctional. There right there is the difference. This is why this is a manufactured crisis. This is why this crisis is manufactured. The Stevenson Expressway, Interstate 290, that basically runs through the heart of Chicago, from downtown Chicago directly through the west side of Chicago to the western suburbs, has been dubbed the heroin highway because it provides easy access for suburbanites to go score their fix, hop off the interstate, grab their wares, hop back on the interstate, and drive back home. Interstate 290 is dubbed the heroin highway. Now, who lives in these western suburbs? It damn sure ain't us. But it's a crisis. When the CIA funneled crack into the inner cities in the mid-80s to fund a war in Nicaragua, and yes, that happened. Yes, that's true. There was no lifeline for us. Enrique didn't get no help. Darnell didn't get no help. Philip does. Just like everything else in this country, there are separate sets of rules. 
And I'm not even go to the privilege thing. It's just a separate set of rules. We can't let our kids die at the hands of. And then to get even deeper with that, the reason for that, beyond the fact that there are separate sets of rules, the reason why this has become such an issue is because the parents of these children that are dying have enough political capital to frighten the politicians into doing something. If you live on the west side of Chicago, your alderman, your congressman does not have enough political capital to burn to get this recognized for his people. The kid in Burr Ridge, his family makes a million dollars a year and contributes X amount of dollars to the local politician's fund. And the politician's afraid that if he doesn't kiss their ass, he does not get back into D.C. That's why this politician is not brought to this. Look, that, that's how this works. But a single mama that live on the West Side is barely breaking even with $30,000 a year. She can't threaten nobody. The manufactured crisis. So what do we do? The easy flip answer is, hell, everybody get on heroin. No, that's not the answer. As Just like anything else, we need to develop a system within ourselves, within our community, And I say black, white, whatever. It's white folk in the hood, too. So what I'm saying is we need to develop a system to where the politicians will pay a penalty for not heeding our needs. If the representative in Burr Ridge doesn't do what the the millionaire says, there's a chance he loses his job. They just find somebody else and pluck it in there and funnel him with money, and he's good to go develop some sort of system that makes it political suicide if you don't take care of us. Because right now, who gets taken care of? The heroin users that are dying by the score that commute in from the suburbs, even though heroin and crack and cocaine and anything else has been ravaging our communities for the better part of three generations with zero assistance. This crisis is manufactured because the wrong folk are dying now. Not the ones we intended. The wrong people are dying now. We got to do something about it. Exhale. Again, like I said before, I'm in and out with the game today. I'll 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 say this in closing. We need to hire better at the bottom to get better people at the top. We need to begin to 
call and cultivate can send to Springfield if you're in or Spring send to Des Moines in here in Iowa, send to DC or wherever you are. We need to cultivate and call it and 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 you know grow better people to actually represent our needs and our interests. You hire better at the bottom somebody who understands you may get a crisis for cracking the inner cities. You may get a crisis for, you know, cocaine, whatever it is. But as long as we sit back, don't participate in the process at all from the uh, king maker or the voting in on either side, we don't participate, then we'll sit back and complain this is what we get. America's crisis on a substance that's been ravaging our community for 60 years. Higher better at the bottom, you get better at the top. And you cannot continue to send these same folk back to the respective state houses or same folk back to the uh, Washington, D.C. and expect different results. If you're frustrated with the same old shit that you're getting, then why are you sending the same old shit to these places? If you don't like Chuck Grassley and Jody Ernst, why the hell are you sending them back to D.C.? We're the insane ones. Anyway, that's a conversation for another day. America's crisis has become this way. Because the wrong people are dying. Simple. I trust that you're going to open all the prisons that the crack addicts have to send in the rehab too now, right? Yeah, I didn't think so. Call bullshit. Hold your politician's feet to the fire. Stop sitting on your hands and complaining. Stop being so damn woke that you, that you sleep to what's going on. Participate in the process. If you don't like the process, make your own. Anyway, I'm, I'm out. I'm out this game today. Stay tuned. I'll be dropping another jewel next day or so. I'm getting my thoughts together on something different. As a, as always, my thoughts and prayers go out to the victims in Southern and Springs. Texas, and I read today that the pastor of the church who was not there doing the shooting has decided to destroy the building because you just can't worship there anymore. And to the lady at Fox News who said the church is the best place to get shot because you're closer to Jesus, allow me to say from the bottom of my heart, fuck you. And on that note, I'm out. Pugilistic linguistics, check out the 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 pugilistic linguistics.